0: Expert. We are delighted to um, be ha- uh, having uh, Per Ola Carlson. He's a professor of medical biology at Uppsala University in Sweden uh, joining us. He also serves as a senior consultant in endocrinology and diabetology at Uppsala University Hospital. And his research focuses uh, during the years been on eyelid physiology, eyelid vascular biology, and vascular engraftment of transplanted pancreatic eyelids. The work includes basic science work on the microcirculation and oxygenation of pancreatic islets in correlation to islet function and metabolism, as well as um, the pericon role of islet endothelial cells for beta cell function. Other studies have dealt with obstacles um, in engraftment of transplanted pancreatic islets and strategies to overcome these hurdles to, in order to improve results um, of pancreatic islet transplantation. I know EPETA here is... Uh, planning a big conference on that coming up soon. Um, in recent years, he's also focused on stem cell research including cell uh, therapy studies, uh, using mesenchymal stromal cells to prevent development of overt type one diabetes in newly diagnosed uh, patients with type one diabetes and uh, on the use of oxygenated macro capsules in clinical beta cell replacement and on clinical imaging of pancreatic cells by uh, PET. He's authored more than 200 peer reviewed uh, publications and a little bit about his uh, company, um, Nextcell Pharma, AB, has developed a mesenchymal stromal cell therapy for the treatment of autoimmune do- disorders with T1D or type 1 diabetes as its principal interest. The company is situated in the south of Stockholm. It successfully led phase 1 and 2 trials in the treatment of type 1 diabetes with a vision to move towards a market authorization of its cell product after phase 3 confirm- confirmatory studies. Um, so with that introduction, welcome. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time out of your busy schedule. And um, yeah, I'd love to hear more about what's happening with nextcell Pharma.
1: Thank you, Monica, for your kind introduction. Uh, I will talk then on the subject of mesenchymal stromal cells to intervene in the development of type 1 diabetes. And uh, just a quick background is that uh, mesenchymal stromal cells, they are uh, a cellular therapy and ATMP. And uh, What differs that a little bit from from, uh, many other pharmaceuticals is they provide a possibility for a treatment effect via combined mechanism uh, without the need of combining several drugs because these kind of of, uh, cells, like all cells, of course, produce a lot of different things and then can target several mechanisms. And we, of course, do not know which pathway is the most important one, but it will definitely have a multiple impact. Uh, and uh, that is perhaps of value in a disease such like as uh, type 1 diabetes. That is an heterogenic disease. And also there are a lot of things not known about the mechanism uh, and the etiology of disease. Uh, I started a couple of years ago, actually, uh, with uh, mesenchymal stromal cells. And we started out back in 2010 uh, doing interventions with mesenchymal stromal cells in adult patients newly diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And we then selected an autologous treatment with bone marrow-derived cells. And that paper was published back in 2015. I will just briefly go through it. And uh, what we did was that we... Uh, asked uh, for informed consent of of subjects recently diagnosed with type 1 diabetes between 18 and 40 years of age. And then we um, uh, included them in a study where we uh, retrieved bone marrow uh, from them. And to half of the recipients, we gave bone marrow back uh, in about four weeks when we had expanded the cells the mesenchymal stromal cells, and we gave that as an intravenous infusion. And uh, before uh, introducing the cells, we did a mixed meal tolerance test, and we repeated the mixed meal tolerance test one year later. And uh, then we uh, obtained a a preservation of the. uh, Remaining insulin production, the remaining C peptide production. To, to be honest, with them uh, in the patients that were treated with mesenchymal stromal cells that are the open bars, while the uh, control group, uh, which received uh, did not receive uh, any cells, they received placebo. They decreased in C peptide, as you can see, uh, with a mean number of of um, uh, fifteen to uh, 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 about um, uh, ten, uh, about fifteen percent, and that was um, statistically significant uh, for uh, some comparisons, not with regard to area under the curve, C peptide percentage, but quite close. It was a small study, just ten plus ten patients. Uh, we had plans of of, of continuing with this uh, uh, study in, into a larger study. But then we faced the ATMP requirements in Sweden, uh, we changed uh, needs of, of also an MPA approved study, and therefore we were um, um, approached actually by Nextcel Pharma, which had a component on the market. We uh, uh, did not have it on the market, but they have a. An ATP product that they would like us to test, and that was based on mesenchymal stromal cells uh, out of Wharton's jelly, and it was pooled uh, uh, mesenchymal stromal cells. I don't have a relation to this company; uh, that is a disclosure then. Uh, but I have only been the PI of these studies, and we did uh, a study then uh, that was quite close to the first study in that we uh, selected adult patients 18 to 14 years of age uh, with a, a normal weight, 50 to 100 kilogram. They were otherwise healthy. Uh, they needed to have some C-peptide left, of course, uh, and recently diagnosed, uh, meaning in this case that they were within two years of diagnosis. These individuals uh, were then uh, subjected to uh, uh a uh, first dose escalation study followed by a blind placebo-controlled study. In the dose escalation study, we tested three different doses of mesenchymal stromal cells, mm-hmm. namely 25,000 cells followed by 100,000 cells and uh, lastly 200 million cells. I would say in the bone marrow-derived cell study, we did uh, use all cells that we could retrieve, but it was in the mean uh, range between 100 and 200 million cells. Uh, we had um, DSMB looking at these uh, first nine patients, uh, and uh, since everything looked nice, we were allowed to continue into then a blinded placebo control study. It was a very small study, too, uh, only 10 plus five patients. Uh, based on the DSMB evaluation and our own evaluation of the first nine patients, we decided that we should treat uh, with the highest dose than 200 million cells in the placebo-controlled part. We um, decided uh, also that we would retreat the first nine patients after one year with a second dose of cells, meaning that uh, those that received 25 uh, million cells, they will receive uh, 25 million cells more after one year. The medium group, 100 million cells, and the high group, another 200 million cells. If we focus on this first part, uh, the uh, dose escalation part, we observe that after one year, that is, after the first dose, one year after the first dose, we had not... Uh, significantly lost any uh, C peptide production during the first year when compared to uh, mixed milk tolerance test one before treatment and one one year afterwards. and uh, we both in the uh, treatment dose of 100 million cells and the 200 million cells had, Uh, uh, well, at least uh, with uh, the standard deviation, uh, not obviously lost any uh, insulin production. Uh, For the 200 million cell dose, the mean value was also very close to 100%, while the low dose had lost about 25% uh, in mean uh, during the first year. We then retreated, uh, as mentioned, uh, these nine first patients, and... Observed that one year after that, we could see that three individuals treated with 200 million cells, two different doses at two different occasions, they still had 100% of their original C peptide production left, while those that had been retreated with 25 and 100 million cells, they seemed to have lost during the second year. We have now followed uh, all subjects up to at least. Three years of the study and then we can see that those individuals that have been treated with 200 million cells at two occasions and that is then two years after the last dose uh, they uh, have a mean value of about 85 well, percent but we uh, still have an overlap to to uh, to 100 uh, percent while we Have only about 50% left of insulin production in the um, 25 million and 100 million uh, dose. We will, of course, follow these uh, subjects for uh, another uh, couple of years. Uh, The whole study is planned for five years, according to regulations, with uh, a new mixed meal tolerance test uh, uh, twice a year. a blinded placebo control study, we treated then uh, 10 patients and had five uh, placebo uh, subjects. And after one year, uh, it was uh, re- um, turned into an observation period for another four years. And since it, uh, we had an endpoint then after one year, not all of the individuals uh, Uh, approved of continuing into the observation studies we we have lost a couple of individuals in the treatment arm, mainly uh, due to the COVID pandemic and that they did not want to travel over all of Sweden uh, for follow-up actually. actually. Uh, We uh, recruited all patients from Sweden but the country is rather large and they needed to go there uh, many times by flight. So they did not want to to come for for follow up in the observation study. Then We need to ask them again. If we look at the numbers, we can see that uh, at the one year end point for the study, we could see that those individuals that were treated with protrans, they had uh, good preservation of their C-peptide production. Uh, about 90%, while those that were in the placebo arm, it was a larger variation, but then about uh, 60, 70% uh, uh, only left after one year. Uh, after two years, uh, two years after inclusion, then we had um, still a difference between the protrans uh, treated and the placebo treated individuals. And the same was observed three years after treatment. We. There was a tendency to a continuous uh, loss of c type production also in the treated subjects. But they at all occasions had um, uh, statistically significant uh, better preservation of insulin production. Uh, at this stage, they, we have still two more years uh, for them to be uh, included in the study. And after the pandemic, actually, we are um, uh planning to to- recontact those individuals that were part of a uh, MPA approved first year study so that we could include for the fourth and five year follow-up also all uh, ho- hopefully all of the 10 subjects included in the uh, original study and not only the six uh, presently followed. If we look at this, uh, we can of course uh, understand that we have uh, lost insulin production over time. This is the uh, uh, micrograph that uh, more or less uh, shows how how insulin production is lost during type 1 diabetes. And then hopefully we have a treatment that can preserve and decrease the further loss of insulin production for the upcoming years and then also delay, any complications of disease. Uh, and if we look in the literature, um, this paper, for example, in Diabetes Care 2018, uh, they report an exponential fall in insulin production over the first seven years. Uh, and uh, if we calculate from that, uh, and these are very small numbers, of course, but uh, we can observe that patients that were given placebo in our study, have less than 50% remaining insulin production after one to one and a half years, while um, protran seem to delay this time to 50% remaining insulin to an expected four and a half years. So if these numbers would be repeated in a larger study, we would have a, approximately a three years delay of insulin loss. Uh, I will. Conclude with some discussion on an ongoing trial we have. We don't have so much data on this one yet, but uh, I would like to inform you that we also have a study ongoing in children and adolescents. And that is uh, not sponsored by, um, by Nexel Pharma. It's sponsored by Uppsala University Hospital. So it's an investigator-initiated study. It's a double-blinded, randomized, parallel placebo-controlled trial. Uh, where we test uh, this treatment in individuals 7 to 21 years of age. And it started um, quarter 4, 2021, uh, with first patients included uh, quarter 1, 2022. Uh, and um, it's a safety and efficacy trial then. And we include individuals with newly diagnosed type 1 diabetes within six months. And it should they should have remaining C peptide van of at least 0.12 nanomole per liter. And um, uh, we have uh, this far performed the safety trial uh, in the uh, age group 12 to 18 years, and uh, also in the age group 7 to 11 years. And as you can see from this slide, you, there are in total then six individuals, three plus three individuals that have been treated during. Spring term um, 2022, and we had a three-month follow-up uh, of the subjects in September. Uh, last patient, uh, three months after treatment, and then we had uh, quite recently a DSMB uh, that uh, looked through the data, and uh, we uh, uh, they did not see any problems. Uh, we had no obvious adverse events uh, uh, relating to treatment. We have never seen that either in the adult subjects. So all in all, we have uh, just been uh, approved for continuing into uh, phase two part here. Uh, And we will uh, uh, start screening next week uh, for uh, 30 patients in the age group 12 to 21 years. Uh, And um, we will uh, when we have included those and uh, follow them, the last patient for at least six months, we will have a new DSMB and uh, then open the trial for the age group 7 to 11 years, hopefully, uh, for two individuals there too. And uh, we aim to follow the subjects for, uh, 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 for a primary endpoint one year after uh, treatment, but Uh, of course, uh, in total five year follow-up observation period for safety and of course efficacy too. Uh, I would like to conclude. Uh, We have a research team that uh, consists of uh, several MDs, uh, specialists in both uh, pediatrics or endocrinology and diabetology, and of course, research nurses. We try to include subjects from all over Sweden. Uh, And in the children's study, we hope to uh, start up two new centers in uh, other parts of Sweden too, hosted by Joni Ludvigsson and Helena Elding-Larsen, who will be co-PIs for the study. We also have, of course, some funding for these studies. Uh, I just received a grant from the Swedish Research Council for this this pediatric study uh, that will at least uh, take some of the costs. Thank you for your attention.
0: Thank you very much. That was great. Um, really interesting work and um, it's uh, great to see the findings are really pointing in the right direction. I wanted to ask you a couple of questions and then open it up to the the larger group. Um, I guess I would my first question is, you know what is uh, what is the mechanism? you know the, what are you thinking about the mechanism for these um, results?
1: Well, uh, of course, we don't know because we don't have a mechanistic studies uh, at hand. Uh, There are, of course, uh, experimental studies that have given some indications. Uh, I would say um, that we give the cells intravenously and uh, based on experimental studies, uh, these cells will mainly then end up in the lungs and they will uh, exert a systemic Uh, immune modulatory effect and uh, based on experimental studies they don't see so much homing it could occur but that has mainly been reported if the cells are 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 administered uh, arterially and and uh, when comparing the studies uh, with intra arterial and intravenous administrations the results are as similar I would say so uh, it's safer and therefore we choose the intravenous route.
0: Um uh, that's uh really interesting. How do you compare what uh you guys are seeing what you're doing to Palo Free Arena's group at Enthera? Um, do you feel like they're parallel tracks or something very different? Uh, all
1: ATMPs, of course, differ to some degree. Um so uh but it is of course very important that uh mesenchymal stromal cells from different sources can can give similar results. I I believe that one critical part is actually um, a low expansion of cells Uh, based on previous studies, mainly in the graft versus host disease field. uh, They have been reporting much better survival of those treated subjects uh, for that critical disease. When the cells have been expa- expanded only for two to three passages, and we try to adopt to that both in the bone marrow-derived study and also in this study with Wharton jelly-derived cells, uh, and uh, the only way to do that mainly is to 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 pool cells if you would like to have a repeatable product too. So uh, the ProTrans is a pooled. Uh, product out of uh, about five different donors, actually. Um, so um, I think that's a critical component. Um, I could uh, uh, add another thing that I did not mention in the trial. One of our endpoints for safety was also to look at HLA immunization. and We have not observed that, actually.
0: Okay, yeah, that's very interesting. And then I wondered if... Um you know, what are your thoughts? I mean, do you have any hypotheses, I guess, around the idea that this could be one of, you know, dual or triple therapies, right, in concert um, with other evolving therapies that are happening, you know, that are that are being pursued right now, thinking specifically of, you know, um, the prevention study, you know, uh, group and, and, you know, the teplizumab studies, things like that. What are your thoughts? Could this be something that might be used in concert to either extend a prodrome or just kind of keep people in remission, quote unquote?
1: Uh, I believe that um, uh, in any way, the study results still uh, very small numbers. But but based on the repeat studies, I would suggest that we need to retreat subjects with with MSCs uh, one or two years apart i don't know about children but but based on the adult studies Uh, if we should combine it with other uh, other treatments is difficult to say actually Uh, of course it could be tested but uh, i would like at first actually to to test a study where we do this kind of repeated treatment high dose once yearly to look at the long term results, um, because it's not an obvious additive or or or, or synergistic effects with other drugs.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so it's that's a big question. I know I threw that at you. Sorry. Um, I wanted to. There's somebody in the audience here. Cheryl Greenberg is there? Are there any monitoring of the MSCs over the long term? Are there any known bad effects that need to be monitored from those residual cells?
1: Actually, we have not seen any obvious side effects of treatment. We have, of course, looked for that um, from other fields, where mainly growth versus host disease field. There have been indications of a, a increased risk of infections, meaning um, upper respiratory tract infections and so on. And, and we, of course, looked at that. We have a small number of patients, but it was not a statistically significant difference between the groups. But definitely we... Indeed, uh, plan to follow them for an extended period of time. Uh, Based on, based or still also based on the graft versus host disease studies, um, uh, and uh, knowing that in that field uh, several patients actually die irrespective if they receive treatment or not, they have done autopsy studies and they have not been able to retrieve actually treated subjects with uh, and egg mesenchymal stromal cells. So it might be that these have uh, uh, some form of a uh, uh, kiss and die effect or whatever you call it, uh, where, where they, uh, uh, and it has been speculated that a lot of the effect is due to lysing of the cells uh, 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 intravascularly in the lung and cause uh, uh, um, uh, uh, a storm of uh, cytokines and chemokines that can immune modulate, And so perhaps they are not so many, many cells remaining long-term,
0: actually. Um, we have a couple more questions and please uh, throw your questions in the chat or uh, raise your hand and we can call on you. Uh, but here's Chloe Rackman. Great to see such encouraging data. My understanding is that MSCs are perhaps not as hypoimmunogenic as initially thought. What are your thoughts on MSC source, in particular the use of a toggle- autologous or third-party, encouraging also to see the use of third-party in more recent studies. Is it possible to comment on age of diagnosis?
1: Well, uh, it's difficult to to, to uh, say if you should use uh, autologous or allogenic cells. Uh, we ha- I would say that we had a more or less similar e- effect of mesenchymal stromal cells from from bone marrow or, or uh, Walton's Yelly. A benefit, of course, uh, uh with using Watton's jelly-derived cells is that you can uh, establish a product, an ATMP. It's difficult to have an autologous production as an ATMP because you need to do several testing on each batch before release. And and that makes it much simpler if you can pool cells and produce quite many many cells that you can use as batches for uh, many individuals, actually.
0: Um, okay. And it
1: cool. will also give, give a, a repeatability, I would say, because uh, if the cells are pulled from several different donors, uh, there will not be so much difference between batches because it could theoretically be differences be, uh, between different donors with regard to efficacy.
0: Um, we have a couple more questions. Um, do you have any future plans to use MSC-derived EVs for diabetes therapy? That's from Fantoto Dejeuner.
1: Uh, well, um, I have a colleague at Uppsala University Hospital that uh, works with uh, manufacturing and such product. I don't have any, any uh, plan presently to to start such study, but if if uh, the occasion occurs, we will definitely look into this subject.
0: Hmm. Who is that colleague?
1: Karl uh, Henrik Grinemo is a, a thoracic surgeon.
0: Oh, fantastic! Um, another, Reza Urani, great talk. As an average, what was the weight of the individuals that participated in the study?
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, the span of, of, of the individual's weight between 50 and 100 kilos, I would say that most of the subjects had a BMI of about 25 or so. So uh, for the females, it would have been about 60, and males about 70.
0: Okay, Um, and then Yang Dai is asking, are younger recipients benefiting more than older ones or is there any age difference?
1: Uh, We haven't obviously seen any effect in the small number of of individuals uh, tested in the adults. Uh, For the children, we don't have results of efficacy yet.
0: Um, Okay, that's very interesting. Is there anyone else that'd like to uh, have a question in the chat? Okay, one more question. Did this, from Reza Rani? does this mean that the females received more cells?
1: Um, Well, per kilogram, they reasonably did, uh, somewhat more, because we had a fixed dose between 50 and 100 kilograms. And that was for practical purposes, because the cells are frozen in bags of 100 million cells, so that um, we would have to... to, uh, uh, if we had dosed it on, on, on per kilogram, instead, we, we would uh, need to throw away cells. Um, so it was uh, some some practical point of view that we think that uh, the more cells, the merrier.
0: <laughs> Someone has a question. People are really complimentary about the quality of the talk. Um, but this Shoshank is asking. Uh, whether or not the MSCs are administered following fasting or after food, does it matter at all?
1: Uh, I don't think it matters actually. Uh, they were not fasting.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I guess also, you know, it would be interesting to understand, uh, there's a lot of talk about endotypes, you know, um, in uh, type one diabetes and and whether or not uh, these this type of treatment um, affects different, groups uh differentially i mean it's a very you know you have a small study but i wondered if that's going to be factored in into future studies
1: yeah well of course we have genotyped everyone um, and we do have uh some that have better preservation of c peptide than others i can't say that we have any difference with regard to genotype so it could just be be uh uh the aggressiveness of individual disease uh, that differs, I would say. Um, But of course, we will continue genotyping also in future studies to to learn more.
0: Um, Okay. Well, this was fantastic. Really interesting and can't wait to see what uh, comes up next. Uh, Also very interesting to see what might come of the EVs. That's a very hot topic right now. Um, And... um, I guess uh, in the interest of time um and of everyone's time I'd like to say thank you very much as well as talk micket <laughs> that's what I I've learned from uh that's uh, what I've learned from some of our our sweetest supporters so thank you again uh, Perola. this was wonderful and uh, this will be available for uh, listening um and viewing on our